This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, the preview show. Why? Because it's Friday. Uh, we're late. We normally are on a Friday. It's been a hard week. What can I say? Um, but we're here and I'm Stamford Chidge and I actually am thoroughly looking forward to it as always. Not least because the absolutely lovely, fluffy, oh, enthusiastic. I'm, I'm kind of running out of epithets for this silly old sausage. Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Is that me? Yes. Oh, thank you. I was worried who it was for a moment. Yeah, I thought it might have been Martin. No, um, no. Uh, uh, fluffy. Fluffy. You'd fluffy. Yeah, you, fluffy you are quite fluffy, I think. Sweet of you. Thank you very yeah. much. You're right. I've had a haircut. Do you like it? Oh, so you're actually technically less fluffy, really. I'm much less fluffy. Yeah. 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 You're right. Yeah, good, thanks. Good yeah, week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, interesting. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Good, good, good. Thank you. I've got, I've got, a, I've got. A, uh, I had to make the poster for my gig. It's coming up June the third for the band. You better see if you can come along, Chich. Yeah, well, no. I mean, you did, you did, uh, you did actually. You did mention this recording in, in progress. Yeah, sorry oh. about that. I forgot. Um, yeah, I, I, you mentioned that in the WhatsApp group, and. I'm very up for that. That could be a fan cast outing. And Martin yeah, on a Friday, yeah. on a Friday, it'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Martin's at Lords that day. I'm actually at Lords the day before. Right. So but should this should this preclude any no. attendance? Not uh, for me. Should, it, it, in my current state, it's not going to do for me either because alcohol will not be involved in any case. But I also is that the that's the English Martyrs crypt, isn't it? The church. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Where that, I know exactly where that is. There you go. Yeah. I, I, all, all those in favour of a fan cast outing to see the Rudy, the Ruddy V's say aye, aye. There you go. Carried. There we go. Done. It's official, JK. There's no going back now. So uh, we kind of know. Mar- yeah. We know Martin's on the show, but would you like to actually tell us who's on the show? Uh, well, we have the uh, the always interesting, always uh, percussive, mm. always, um, yeah, always um, intriguing Mr. Martin Wickham. Hi hey everyone, I've also had a haircut. Um, I'm feeling yeah. left out here. 
Yeah, but you, never, you always have just have a snip. You never snip, Chid. You just. I, I've not had. I've not had you? the snip, J.K. That's a gross slander. Get rid of the. We haven't had that snip. No, but you never. Just to get rid of the mullet. You're a bit mullet. No, 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 Chid, no, no, Johnny, no, no, Let's no, be honest. This is, this is not mullet. You sweep it back. You sweep it back. It was before during lock during lockdown. It was the most mullet mullet I've seen. No, it every, wasn't. It, everyone everyone had mullets. No, but it looked lockdown. like a mullet because I had. I, you only see me with my headphones on. But when I took my headphones off, it was flowing locks actually. Oh, you should have done that. The end of each show was just to take it off and toss your hair back. Yeah. We'd have seen like a shampoo have... advert. <laughs> the great, the great reveal. Anyway, you're dead right. We've got the lovely. I like that percussive Martin Wickham on. Uh, and and who, who who is our resident journalist this week? Well, it's a, it's a virgin. It's a, it's a newbie. It's a, a debutant. It's, it's a complete d- debutant. Not been on the show before, so the pressure is on. I'm afraid. But don't um, ramp ooh. it up. But he'll be great. He'll be great. I'm only saying it because he'll be great. So it it is, of course, all the way from football.london. No, it's not Adam Newsom. No, no, it's not anybody else. I don't know who else is on football.london anymore. It is the excellent, the the terrific tweeter, because your tweets are great, Daniel. Really love them. Yes. Uh, the, um, The fantastic Chelsea knowledge that is possibly... 30 years younger than all of us it is <laughs> daniel childs whoa oh, give it up no. that's quite thank an intro you, from jk daniel good to see you my friend and welcome on board to the chelsea fancast it's a privilege to be here as a, as a long-time listener it's it's a little bit surreal because on a friday especially with my colleague and good friend adam Newsom being on I, I make sure to listen in and uh i, I think i've said this to you before like i think some of the the podcasts you've done over big incidents around Chelsea in like the past year, the day Frank Lampard was sacked, mm. that podcast was very helpful for me on that day. The the Super League around that time, and obviously I think in recent weeks with, with some of the stuff going on. So it's a pleasure to be here. As I said, I don't know what role I'm fulfilling, uh, whether it's a Saunagers type role, like a loan type role, or, or a Harvey Bale or a Melangsar. Uh, we even got a shout for Ross Barkley. So I, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I'm hoping for a Diego Costa type. Uh, well, Daniel, what will we'll have a vote. We'll have a vote at the end. See how you went. See whether you get yeah. invited back. <laughs> yeah. You are such a. You, you really. You are a one, J.K. Uh, look, I've you are a one, uh, Daniel. I mean, the, the feel. It's lovely, lovely words. Thank you for saying that. I really appreciate that. It's quite odd, isn't it? We do step up to the plate when needs be, but most of the time we just cock around and have a lot of fun. But uh, needs must and all that. I have to say, I echo J.K.'s sentiments. I mean, I, I've I've loved what you've done on your your podcasts, particularly in your YouTube things. Um, I think I said to Adam, and uh, may this be a warning for me and J.K. particularly. I said to Adam, I think I think Daniel's the only person I've seen who does this kind of thing who can actually speak longer without breath than me or JK. And that that, that is a compliment, by the way. I think I'll take that to be fair. I mean, sometimes like you just you ramble, don't you? And you just I do watch because I have to edit my own videos. And after a while, you think like you're editing someone else. It kind of becomes a little bit weird. Um, and I kind of just sit there and especially on match reviews where I'll, I'll stay silent for a match if I'm not at it. And then I'll do like a 10 minute, 12 minute review of a, a game. And I'm like, where the hell did that come from? Like, I, I sometimes I don't even write notes. And it's I think it's just like with all of us, like Chelsea, it's it's a part of your identity. It's like a religion. So you just I agree completely. It's when you're off on the journey. It's when you're off on the journey. I mean, you you asked me on Monday, Chidge, what it was like. Uh, the question was <laughs> going. We loved it. 
and everybody loved it. And I was thinking, you were you were guilty about it. It's already sorry. I was at the end of it. I was embarrassed. I think, oh God, I've just rambled on. That's lovely. We were all in. We were all in. I got some. I got some really nice responses yeah, from it. When you're in the moment, all these things come. You're absolutely right, Danny. You're in the moment, and you just think, "Yeah, I can talk about that." And there's that, and there's that aspect of yeah. it, and that brings in something else, and that brings in something else. Particularly if you're, I mean, it's, you know, it's passion for the club most of the time, and just yeah, just, uh, that's exactly why our shows are two and a half to three hours long on average, Daniel. Now you know, now you really know why. I mean, I should also say as well. I mean, Daniel writes for Football London, writes beautifully for Football London. He does lots of uh, content for them as well. Uh, so, you know, him and I kind of basically work for the same company in the same sort of sense. And actually, we also work together on CFC UK, of course. How long have you been writing for CFC UK, Daniel? I think it was just past two years. I want to say 29- October 2019, I think. November 2019 was when my first piece went out. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 been quite like I think the, the whole pandemic thing widens the, the length of time longer than it actually is because it that felt like so long that pandemic time but i i think 2019 was when i when i joined and i started writing for the fanzine um and yeah like submitted i got the latest edition right in front of me here that got delivered through very kindly um and yeah it's it's a real privilege especially you know like walking down the Fulham road for years and years and and seeing that fanzine and wanting to write for it for quite a while you know and, and it's i think it's a great privilege to be able to to write alongside yourself and, and many other great chelsea writers well there you go i mean all, all the credit there you go just to prove that i also got my copy today daniel i hadn't mm. opened it yet but uh i think it goes to show that to dear old dave dave johnson Ari up only a pound um he is the neil bath of the chelsea writing community i would say I'm going to tell him that. I haven't told him that before, but I think that's a good one. He did a very good April Fool's today by saying that his (laughs) time with Chelsea had come to an end. He did, yeah. And hell has not frozen over. Anyway, we shall get into the meat and potatoes of tonight's show, which, of course, well, I mean, we've got no oppo view. I warn you you now because Billy the Bee, guess what? He's out getting pissed somewhere. At least he was honest with me. And he did reference the fact that he was pissed when he last did it because he was out. So he remembered that, which staggers me, JK, considering how pissed he was. Uh, and uh, we groveled to Greville, but to no avail. I think Greville, if I'd been able to give Greville the opportunity of having uh, a seat, he'd have definitely done it tonight because he'd have been around. But he's uh, he's gone away for the weekend. So he's not even, there's no opportunity yeah. for him to uh, even listen to. He's not even going to listen to it. I think he's got disappointed. We'd have got a disappointed mm. view of the team, as in fact Tuchel mentioned in the, um, in the presser today that... Uh, he thinks they started off wonderfully and um, and they've gone off the boil a bit yeah. as they've gone through the division. But we'll talk about yeah. that. Being found out like I predicted to Billy the Bee on his show in about October. But there you go. Uh, so no no oppo view. So it's just a two-parter tonight. We're going to have a quick catch-up with uh, all the Chelsea news from this week. That'll probably be about two hours because, uh, of course, there's been no news at all about Chelsea and the, and the bids and the sale or anything else. Uh, we will catch up with Thomas Tuchel's presser, which I watched religiously for you people, and then cheated and went straight to football.london and found out what the typescript, the manuscript, well, no, the, what, what, somebody typed transcript. it up. Transcript. transcript. Thank you, Martin. That's the word I'm straight I'm the non, I'm on the non, And I'm the non-journalist here. I know, I know, but there you go. Uh, is that the bit we don't get then? Is that the you No, no, the... no, no. So this is a trick. Daniel's giggling here, but this is a trick. If you've ever, you know, if you've ever missed the presser live or you've been busy earning money, 
Don't worry, because Football London, as Martin so eloquently said, do a transcript of it. Adam did it today because he was. But is this is this the second part as well? Which we're, no. which we're denied. It's not. The no, they, did a bro- they did a broadcast one that you can, when that comes out, and then there'll be embargoed quotes, as they usually is on a Friday, that Adam will release around another media outlet. The following day, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's half ten tonight, yeah. I think, actually. No, I was, I was aware of the, the embargo. I was just intrigued to see mm-hmm. whether football.london actually had the uh, the opportunity to put some of that stuff. Yeah, in half stuff. ten, usually, I think. Oh, is it? Yeah, okay. yeah, half ten. So there we go. So we're going to have some news about the press conference, what came out of that lot, actually, as, as it would happen. Quick break, and then we're going to preview the Brentford game and all of the stuff about that. And I've had already a brilliant uh, a brilliant uh, post on Mixler from Blue Bloke, who says, uh, fair play to Billy the Bee. I'm also pissed, which is <laughs> which is the, the only way to listen to the Chelsea fan cast, if the truth would be told. But there you go. Right. So uh, let's kick off. Um. Yes, indeed. Well, I mean, there's so much news around this week, Daniel. I mean, I, we were talking just before we went on air that it's actually a really weird time for anybody who earns a living being a journo uh, for Chelsea at the moment because there's so many things you can't write about, but actually you've probably never been busier. And the, the first thing that kind of, you know, piqued my interest really was uh, Ricketts's bid, and which is obviously all over the news everywhere. But the shenanigans he had with Bruce Buck in having a meeting but, or organising a meeting between Paul mm. Cannibal, who's a great friend of the show, as you probably know, and and uh, Tom Ricketts, so to, uh, so, so Ricketts could allay any fears that Can has had about the uh, clear bigotry and racism from his family. Um, where are we with that? I mean, it didn't half kick up a stink earlier in the week, didn't it? Well, what Ricketts things haven't kicked up a stink so well, far? Indeed, I mean, yes. Just one massive red flag uh, is what I tweeted earlier. I don't. When someone says to me, "There's red flags around the Ricketts," I kind of laugh because it's it's just just when you think it can't get worse, it kind of does. Um, I think it was upsetting the the way certain sections of social media, as we've seen recently, you know, went after one of our legends in Paul Cannaville, um, who had a meeting. And when he posted that statement, I believe it was, apologies for losing track of days, I believe it was Tuesday. Um, this I happened know, Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, and since then, there's obviously been this kind of feeling, there's been a feeling from the start, especially with Rain's connection to the Ricketts, that is this going to be a bit of a stitch up? Is there, you know, is there something going on here that Chelsea fans should be concerned about? along with all of the concerns I'm sure all of us have discussed about the Ricketts um, bid so far. In the case of Bruce Buck, I mean, um, it's, I think it's how it's been forgotten. It just caught sprung up to my mind, all of sort of the animosity towards him after the Super League, almost a year ago now. And, and the, the previous feeling... animosity over the CPO yeah. debacle as well. Yeah. You forget about that. That was already a, a precedent of being that was a real. That was a definite first buck-up, wasn't it? That was yeah. a complete buck-up, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I know this is kind of a, a side note, but me and my dad having a conversation about Chelsea, it's a pretty regular occurrence. And we were kind of saying last week that, you know, the talk about what's going to happen to Marina Granovskaya and how impactful that could be if, if, if she was to leave. And you kind of think, well... What changes at Chelsea? What are we going to lose if Bruce Buck leaves? And again, that kind of came up this week to me because it's it's really concerning the things going on around the Ricketts. Um, all I can say is what I've read from those who know them from the Chicago side of things. Um, and everything you read, 
leads you into the, the fears of Chelsea fans about, say, the Man United um, ownership, about the Arsenal ownership. It's, it kind of feels like it would, it would be the worst case scenario of, as I'm sure some of you have seen as well, as well the stories uh, from recent times at the Chicago Cubs of, of the Ricketts threatening to move the team out of Wrigley Field. Which obviously, for any Chelsea fan, I mean, I know people obviously can't see my camera, but there's a Chelsea pitch on a share above my uh, left shoulder. Um, it's, you know, it rings alarm bells. It rings all the alarm bells. And compared to some of the other bidders who, who are in this shortlist, I think they they should be ruled out. And, it, and it's why we're seeing the protest and the animosity. I was amazed a few weeks back when I just tweeted hashtag no to Ricketts. Um, the response to it instantly and it's and it's built and, and it's grown and obviously as i'm sure we're going to talk about a little bit later well, let's, let's go there now yeah. daniel what, what, yeah. what do you think of the the protest that's supposedly happening tomorrow at midday when when i have to say that i shall be i shall be at 12 o'clock and don't call me an old git for this but uh you, you'd be within your rights to i think but at 12 o'clock tomorrow i shall be in the pub meeting um a mate of mine one of my oldest chelsea friends who's actually got cancer as well so I, that's a bit more important to me than than I mean I know that that might sound sacrilegious to the kids that are organising this, mm. but I might not get the chance to see him again. So I'm I'm afraid I've got other yeah. things to do. It's I'm quite conflicted about it to be honest, um, because as a I guess the only way you can define me as people would is a content creator. You're not uh, one of those YouTubers, are you? Yeah, I'm one of those awful YouTubers. I'm <laughs> yeah, um, and. It was something that I tweeted out about, I think, when they when they released the sort of the statement about the protest, that there is a stigma around, I think, YouTubers or people who make content. And it, and it's something that I've known about for for many years. And it's not unfounded. You know, I, I don't think that it's not the fact that there are that's a lie and there aren't bad examples out there. But as with anything, as we've seen with the way the media has covered Chelsea fans, People like to take small examples and extrapolate that out and, and smear a whole group, you know, and it's and it and it's unfortunate. I think my concern with the this protest is that particularly if you've been following its development on social media, is there is a sense of conflict already around it between different sections of Chelsea fans. Um, and already it it's very quickly become a case where some of the people involved with this protest have been kind of slagging off match going fans who've been going to Chelsea from the eighties, um, which is going to help absolutely no one It's not going to get anyone on board. Sixties, sixties, well, seventies, sixties. And, and, and I was saying this to, to someone earlier, like the, the thing that I don't think people on this protest when they're some of, I, I guess the worst examples on online, when they're saying stuff like this to have a go back at some of the backlash to the protest is that my dad, my granddad, my uncles, you know, the, the people have family who, who yeah. went to who support Chelsea during those years that are responsible for me supporting this club. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, so your the, the meaning I think of match going fans in recent years has created as we've seen, I think, I, think, I think Daniel what, what you're saying if I could kind of just summarize it really is that and, I, and I'm always acutely aware of this because it may have, have escaped people's notice that I too am a Chelsea content creator and a YouTuber well we mm. kind of gave up the YouTube because I couldn't be asked but we were YouTube <laughs> we were YouTubers and content creators before people were YouTubers and content creators but you know that's that's why I don't wade in too heavily to be honest but uh 
I think the problem is is that people like to pigeonhole and categorize and I, I, I try not to make this mistake for example with uh, with overseas fans yes there mm. are a lot of let's call them out plastic overseas fans but I've got and we all of us on this show have got great 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 friends who we've known for years and years and I mean I've got friends who are from America who were coming over to Chelsea in the 80s and then going back home and then doing their nut because they couldn't even follow Chelsea via the newspapers because there was no football coverage in the States at the time. And they, they get it. I mean, they get it like Jonathan gets it, like Martin gets it, like I get it, like everybody that I know get it. Uh, so you can't just label everybody mm. under one thing because it, it just life ain't like that. So I take your point, JK. I mean, I, I'm a bit confused as to what's going to be going on tomorrow then. What are the... What, what are the so it's not going to be behind the anti supposed alleged anti-Semitism, alleged um, anti uh, anti-Islamic aspect it's, of the club. It's going to be what, what is the what's it? They're going to be rival packets of fans there, some of whom aren't match goers. I don't I don't quite well, get. Well, the way to I think the best way to kind of to give it its you know what what it's being presented as is is a no to Ricketts protest. Sure, it's in sure. opposition to the Ricketts becoming Chelsea's next. Why should owners. there be division between the, in that? I think because there is a sense from from some that because of the people leading this protest or fronting this protest who are content creators, there oh, is an but opposition. It, but it's fake. It's a fake. It's, it's people who don't go to games regularly. Right, right, right. And they're doing that, it. I get it for their own um, yeah. content creation. They're doing it for yeah. for clout and, and likes, mate. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Well, like we do. Oops. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Fuck, we've been running. <laughs> you know, as a coder on that, and this will really appeal to JK, um, I'm sure, Daniel and Martin. And Martin, I know I know you want to come in, so I won't be too long. But um, all, all, all of us on this show know only too well that there's a reason why we do this. It's because we like the sound of our own voices and we like the attention you know, there there has to be a slightly narcissistic edge to do this. Otherwise, you just simply wouldn't do it. So, you know, there is a narcissistic doing it for likes and attention element to this, without a doubt, because that's what you kind of are if you're a content creator. But, you know, the the reality is the no to Ricketts thing is, is absolutely valid and something I support, although I'm not supposed to circle on the trust, but I support it for square. Nobody heard that. So there you go. Martin, you've been waiting very patiently. No, that's fine. Um... I think I've, certainly I have no links to any official bodies. I don't like the Ricketts bid, but not for the reasons that the protest are for. So the protest, the points highlighted were Joe Ricketts emails, which are obviously horrendous and abhorrent. Um, you know, Peter Ricketts, the Republican governor, um, his views are also, I find, quite objectionable. But neither of those two people are involved in the bid. So... I don't believe in, you know, the sins of the father been applied to the son. So if we take it at face value that the main person involved here is Tom Ricketts, I don't like his business practices, but that's the same applies to Todd Burley, to Stephen Pagliuca, to all of them. I don't like that form of capitalism. So yet, you know, random lefty in the house here. Um, <laughs> so I guess the point I'm trying to make is um, if there is a protest about Ricketts in on at Stanford Bridge tomorrow, I would sooner it be about the risk of leverage debt being put on the club, Absolutely. and us and us becoming, you know, Glazers Mark II or Stan Kroenke Mark II, and um, with regards to the their ownership of the Chicago Cubs, I believe 
you know, they won a World Series, but then didn't build on it. And I'm guessing, like most American ground renovations, their Wrigley Field um, renovation was a lot of it was on the back of the taxpayer. That's not going to happen here. So if they think they're going to be able to get London taxpayers to contribute an amount to fund any renovation plan they have, um, they're going to get a very quick shock. And also, certainly from my view, if Stanford Bridge stays as it is, probably a little bit selfish of me, I'm not that bothered. I'm not one of those who's you know, desperate for the ground to be renovated. There's how long it takes. There's how long we'll be away, we'll be away from Stanford Bridge playing at Wembley or God knows where. Doesn't bother me that much. Well, so to, to put if, it to put it simply, Martin, one billion quid to get us another maybe five to ten thousand seats for supporters is that it worth it? No. Well, the only way you make it worth it is if you jack the prices up to some unconscionable rate. And then we'll be complaining about the ticket prices. Yeah, so exactly. well, they, they will go up if the rickets get in. By the way, that's exactly what they did at the cut. They'll, they'll go. They will go up regardless of who go buys it. Yeah, they'd have gone up. True. They'd have gone up if Roman had stayed. Yeah. So I don't. You know, it's levels of how long it, it's how like Kim high Jong, it goes. King John Un would say in, uh, in in Team America, it's inevitable. You bastard! Stop quoting him. <laughs> but it's true. It's I know, true. I know. But you've just—I'm now going to court. I know. You've just, quote, I know. You've just quoted sorry. that. America, um, America, fuck yeah! Maybe that should be their <laughs> campaign slogan. You know, that's now that's that's going to be the banner that goes across to Matthew Harding once. It well, goes no, through. America, fuck you! But we've got a lot of American <laughs> friends, so we can't say that. We can't say no, that. Of, of, of course not. And we've <laughs> we know we've got we talk we focus on the Ricketts bid. Apparently. According to the Guardian, the government have noted this yeah, um, antipathy. Yeah. What, what what that counts for, I don't know. That means they'll give it um, to the Ricketts. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and there's the, the talk about Jeffrey's advising on this as well, who apparently specialised in leverage buyouts. Apparently well, Liam, been... Liam corrected his tweet earlier today, if you noticed. I did. He's. Yeah. They're now saying it they're is... advising only. A, advising it's only. All out of, it's all coming out of equity. It's all been done out of the goodness of their heart, and yeah. I have no doubt about that. Basically, if you want, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Gesture. For those of you um, in black and listening, yeah. in black and white, <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> and for any anyone who's ever watched and ever watched the TV series Billions, um, it's like a real life version of it at the moment. Is, and if you've seen the latest series, you'll know exactly what I'm referring to. Is, but hopefully, hopefully, some people in Mixlar and listening as a podcast later get that reference. Indeed, isn't? Haven't, haven't Rain been working with the Ricketts? Yeah, as well? yeah. Um, um, yeah, well, this is they've worked with them in the past on a, a was it a SPAC or something like that, a specialist buyout vehicle. Yeah. So there's that link. Buck seems to have got his grubby mitts all over it, yeah. probably you know reaching reaching for the most available lifeboat. Yeah. So yeah, but here's the thing, Martin. Sorry to butt in again, but I mean Daniel will know this because I, I shoved a, a a piece to Football London you this should- week. Let's say you shoved a what? <laughs> I shoved a piece towards football.london last week, which got published today. And uh, it was really about what, what's likely to happen with any new owner coming in. And the first thing they would normally do is that they would get the incumbent management at board level out because they want to put their own people in. So I would put a lot of money on the fact that Bruce Buck, Marina and, uh, and Eugene Tannenbaum will be you know on their way out. Um, but I think they would be anyway because uh, Bruce Marina and Eugene have all got very close links to Roman so there's no way the government would would uh, excuse the pun sanction them remaining well Marina's a Russian citizen is she not Canadian and Russian 
Canadian Russian, but as is still, Eugene, still, still Russian. So there, there well, may it's, be it's the relationship uh, with Roman. They won't. They, yeah. The government won't stand for them sticking around. So even if Bruce thinks he can stay, he can't. Is my 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 view on that. I'm, I'm going to move it on because we could do an entire three hours on this. By the way, Daniel, I'm joking. This is not the three hour version. That's Monday. All right. So you, you know, you've got if you've got plans, you're safe. If we stop rabbit, I have, but it's all good. It's all good. All right. Okay. <laughs> Um, there are there is other news on this, which is which is also very interesting. Um, you know, Peter Hain made a massive attack on uh, Pagliuca, uh, his bid um, this week. Which I'm, I'm, I mean, Peter Hain is a lovely chap. Actually, he's been a Chelsea fan life. I mean, he's older than me, I think, but uh, you know, he's been in, in politics for a long time. Uh, massive Chelsea fan, always has been, but also has a. Uh, there's a. I think there's a bit of a self-interested thing going in there because he was going at the South African. What did you call it on Monday, Martin? State. It was. It was what one of the emails was about on yeah. Monday. This the state control Grant, that, grants email, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I mean, Peter Haynes was obviously an anti-apartheid protester for years yeah. as well, wasn't he? So he got. He got. He, he got arrested for it. He got. Well, he got. He protested. At, was it outside the Oval or Twickenham yeah, or something yeah. like that? They, so he's trying to stitch him up. The intelligence yeah. service tried to I stitch know. him up by by saying that he he he'd gone into a bank and and held the bank up and it was set yeah. up entirely by the South African... Yeah, there's a, there was a documentary called Stop the Tour where he yeah. featured quite prominently, which talked yeah. about that. So he's, was the, he yeah. was the big representative of the period. Yeah. And he, he was also, um, and as well as attacking the Palyuka bid because of the Bain, pain against Bain, if you like, <laughs> um, for the links of Bain Capital in South Africa, he also mentioned quite rightly, and what I've been talking about as well, he, I think he puts a question to ensure that the government do not allow any takeover of Chelsea to be as a result of leveraged debt. So his concerns are the same as ours. Yeah, well, he w- they would be. He's, he re- he's a proper yeah. supporter. I mean, the other thing that, that's interesting with that, I mean, there was an, I don't know how, how, how bona fide this is, but I did see a report saying that Bowley's got uh, various Russian investments. So, I mean, the, I think oh. it goes back to what we were saying weeks ago, that if you are a billionaire, if you are an extremely wealthy person, then you are going to have all of these issues and, and uh, you know, Ghosts. And you're going to, and you're sorry to interrupt. You're also going to have trod on people's toes to get to where you are. So, so nobody's going to be pure as the driven snow. No. So and yeah. the, the other concern I have, well, not concern, but point. So of the four bids that have been shortlisted, and considering the sale needs to be done reasonably quickly to stop the, make sure the club is a going concern and doesn't run out of money. So, Pally, um, is it Broughton is backed by two people who've got significant ownership of Crystal Palace and Pagliuca has um, an ownership of Atalanta in Italy. So one would fall foul of the FA because of an involvement in another club and the other would fall foul of UEFA involvement in another club. That would cause a complication to delay the sale and possibly put the club at risk if the if it's dragged out any further and people trying to appeal it. I think so I the, read that they were going to dump the shares as soon as possible. And it's how had, quickly you had, can dump how, buyers, It's how quickly you can dump them. Sure, I would have thought. You either dump them before it's put... You wouldn't want to dump them and lose the bid, then you've got nothing. So you'd be waiting for it to be confirmed. Then you dump it. Then once that's confirmed, you presumably get the club. If they're looking for a quick sale, I would imagine that that puts... Bowley and yeah. Ricketts in pro, in you know front row of the grid if you like well, to get it. So I, it think, I think they are wish. any. I think they are anyway, Martin. Yeah, but you know, that but, that last point would yeah, put yeah. them 
just make it obvious a- that if you're going to sell it, you sell it to them. Yeah, absolutely. They've also both done their due diligence before because they've both been interested in buying the club before. I'm yeah. going to move it on again because I think the other bit of news that really thoroughly pissed me off this week was uh, Nigel Huddleston's obsequious uh, letter saying absolutely nothing. Um, he's the uh, he's the parliamentary uh, parliamentary under secretary of state for the Department of Culture, Media and Sport. So. Apart from anything else, he has to work under Nadine Doris. I mean, that would be enough to shame somebody for a lifetime anyway. But... If, 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 if you're that incompetent that you can't, you, you have to work under Nadine I mean, Doris. Po- who, who on earth would want to be under Nadine Doris? I'll leave you. Or to... Boris Johnson. Ah, allegedly. shush, allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> shush, don't say that, Martin. We'll get shut down. Anyway, um, yeah, the letter that he wrote, uh, I think back to us, but I think it was a general one. But I mean, they have no intention of sol- solving this issue about uh, allowing... Uh, members to buy tickets for Premier League home games, um, which goes completely against Daniel. This whole idea that they don't want to punish Chelsea supporters, they just want to sanction the club and not see it benefit from any, any revenue. I mean, if they can sell, I mean, the, the paucity of their, of their argument, the way I see it, is if they can sell tickets to members for the FA Cup semi final and the Champions League games, why the hell can't they do it for the Premier League home mm-hmm. games? Well, I know the brilliant. Uh, account Chelsea you've tweeted this I think on the day the it was actually a couple of weeks ago when we found out that we could buy tickets for the Real Madrid game uh, and the FA Cup game you know if you it's either all or nothing you know um, you know you can't I, I think the moment you start moving the goalposts or allowing tickets to be bought it, it's just a bit illogical in it and again it goes into this theory that as, as you just stated that there is a there is a feeling that you know, this goes beyond just, it wasn't about hurting the club. And it's, uh, it's, it's frustrating. It really is particularly, you know, the, the club revenue moving beyond this season. I think, you know, I've had a lot of conversations about, well, even to an extent I've written about this in recent weeks, like even to extent of Chelsea getting prize money from progressing in say the champions league, where does that money go that Chelsea have already made and would have made beating Lille in the time we've been sanctioned. And if we beat Real Madrid as well before the sale, you know, the, there are questions beyond that. And it, and it just kind of feels that if you're going to allow us to to go to Wembley, if you're going to allow us to to, ha- to get into the game against Real Madrid um, and allow away fans as well to come down to the bridge for these games, these remaining Premier League games, it just it feels illogical and it just it feels... I don't want to sound too dramatic here because there are more serious things going on in the world, but it does feel a little bit cruel and it kind of just feels a little bit petty to me. And as the accusation has been made against this government a few times in regards to Chelsea, there wasn't maybe due diligence or at least an understanding of of the impact that this, the knock-on impact of these sanctions were going to have on a football club as big as Chelsea Football Club. Um, which we found with yeah. the government, they seem to make they do gestures before actually realizing the yeah. implication of what they're well, doing. Po- you know, populism, as we've seen, it's completely it's feeding the, the, the voters. But I, 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 well, I would think I, in this yeah. instance, I, I think the amount of money mm. that both the Premier League and the FA realized they were going to lose by having no fans other than home, fa- whoever fans for the other team would be at Wembley in particular. Um, would would absolutely push them towards um, um, lobbying the government to, to have this to have this situation changed. And I don't think they care where the money goes, the FA, as long, yeah. particularly for the semi-final, as long as the money goes to them initially. 
And if they then say to the to the new owners, OK, here's your share, I, I think it would be really difficult for them to get the money. I think all of it will go to the FA or the government initially. I don't think I don't think the club is is factored into this at all. Yeah. I don't think supporters are factored into this. I think it's just there's the money we we need that we'll get the money. Otherwise, we'll, there'd be nobody at Wembley. Yeah. Other than, as we said, as the other fans, I, I think that's a that's a specific um, uh, uh, just a, a, it's not if anybody argues it's for the sake of the Chelsea fans, it's not. It's for them allegedly lining their own pockets. Yeah. yeah, I mean, absolutely. And also, can I just say another person that annoyed me? I uh, don't want to turn this too political. No, no, we, we love we love yeah. talking about people who annoy us on this show. It's it just, basically it, what it, it's always been about. I just I it, I picked it up earlier. A guy named uh, Rory Stewart who unfortunately came into my um, timeline before the cup final. I'm, I'm guessing people saw this where he, you know, had a go at Chelsea fans and basically before that cup final against Liverpool was kind of questioning how can Chelsea fans celebrate if they win on Sunday? Um, and I know he said a lot of, a lot about the current government. I believe today he's taken up a spokesperson role for this current government who yeah. I think he's even referred to like Boris as Trump before. And it's just, you sit there and you kind of, from my yeah, point yeah. of view, you kind you, of just, you it competence in it and you just roll your eyes. You can you smell think, the hypocrisy from here, yeah. Daniel. I mean, I'm afraid that's what they're you like. You remember he was, he was one of them who was actually up for the leadership. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And had those mm. debates initially. Yeah. He's he, is a, he is a rubber-faced cretin who failed at trying to get get the Tory leadership and then got kicked out of the party and then failed at trying to run for London mayor um, and blamed the right. pandemic. He just knew he wouldn't. He had no political machine about him and wouldn't have got any votes. And yeah, this he does, usual, however, speak very good Arabic. Speaks well, very good Arabic. I speak very good four-letter words, and all of them describe him. Yeah, um, he's also got, yeah. the, got the face only a mother can love. I think is exactly. I, I mean, that. and the, this traditional thing of punching down on Chelsea fans sickens yeah. me. Well, we're an easy you know, target, mate. We're an, we're an easy target, and they haven't got the courage to go up, punch up the chain. No, because exactly if that. he if he did, he you know he wouldn't be crawling back to you know take a, a press like, job. I think. I think the their government. knowledge of the club is based really on small little elements of what's gone on. So they'll, because of the, the racist incident in Paris, they will presume that everybody is racist. And that is what, that is all they remember. A bit they like Arsenal fans' worldview of Chelsea. So, so basically they're making sweep, sweeping generalisations on a yes, group of people based completely. on one incident involving a minority. That yes. makes them guilty of the same crime they're accusing us of. Exactly yeah. that. Right, we're going to, because we've now well, we've got Martin, me, and JK on the show, and Daniel Childs, which means that everybody talks a lot. So it's now going to be a three-part show because I do want to talk about the press conference. So I'm going to shove that into the now new part two, which will be coming up after this very small plug for uh, a publication very close to mine and Daniel's heart, which is, of course, CFC UK. And, and as Daniel was saying, the new one is out today. It has a beautiful Chelsea Football Club badge on it. For those of you listening in black and white, I'm, I'm holding it up now. You can't see it, but you can imagine it. And it's the thing of it's beauty. It's a retro badge, isn't it? No, it's, it's the original badge. It's the one we yeah. have. Well, it's kind of the one we have now. It's just not got the colour bits on it. It's, it's a, a monochrome-ish, uh, uh, you know. It, yeah, anyway. Uh, it says here, because, you know, DJ likes a title for his, his fanzines. Like, I like a title for the, these shows. Champions of Europe, you can't sanction that. That's very true, DJ. And it's got some brilliant pieces. Daniel's, what's yours? I mean... Quick, quick, pricey of what yours is about, Daniel. Uh, just about the mess of the past three weeks. And at the, the heart of it, I'm just relieved Chelsea, at least we feel like we'll still have a club. There'll still be a blue tomorrow was kind of the, the way I wrapped it up. And, it, and it's about the last 
kind of dealing with the last month. Okay, and I like, it's nice to see that they've got the Chelsea Fancast advert under your piece. So you're, you're actually technically advertising the Chelsea Fancast. See, there you go. Proof of proof were needed. Didn't Mark Meehan write a book called Blue Tomorrow? He did. Did he? Did he? Yeah, I did, didn't he know did. that. I, I, I've heard a rumour. Did he really? And I thought, I, and I sung, I, I was a singer. No, on I, I, no I don't believe that. No, I heard that one. No, no, I, no, I don't believe you sang on that. No, definitely yeah, not. Um, I did yeah, go on, go on. You did, you did. Okay, well, we'll, we'll find some evidence and then pr- disprove me next week, shall we? Hang on, Chelsea, Chelsea. Yeah, yeah all right, okay. I know. I believe, I believe you. I believe you. Yeah, it's I believe. I know. I know. I believe you. I believe you. Um, mine, mine is called "Please Don't Take My Chelsea Away." Um, I defy anybody to not understand what I was writing about. Uh, right. So, CFC UK, the new one is out. You can get it at the stall on Saturday if you're going to the match, which would be lovely if you are. Uh, that's the best place to get it, or in Fulham Road, where you, you can easily find it by, by just listening out to somebody going, hurry up, it's only a pound, and that'll tell you that there's a CFC UK seller within walking distance. Um, if you can't be uh, at the stall, which is opposite the uh, exit from Fulham Broadway uh, tube station, uh, then you can always get a hard copy uh, by subscribing to it. So you get 16 copies, uh, 12, 10, I don't know, about 10 copies a year, I think. Uh, you need to email fanzine at cfcuk.net. It's 16 quid for a year subscription if you're in the UK, 35 quid if you're in Europe, 45 quid anywhere else in the world. You can also get it digitally rather than getting it a hard copy in the post. And if you want to subscribe for a year, that's six quid. Uh, and uh, you can pay via PayPal, I believe. So there we go. Uh, right, we'll be back uh, for part two, and we're going to catch up on the uh, the press conference with Thomas Tuchel today. So don't go. Cheech. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. (laughs) It's all too much. (laughs) I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Ah, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Ginge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. 
total nutters and proper chels. Welcome back. This is Stanford Chidge, and of course, it's the Chelsea Fancast preview show, the Friday night preview show, and uh, we've got the lovely Jonathan Kidd on, of course. Lovely to be on the show, thank you. And the uh, I, I'm loving the description of Martin that Jonathan gave in part one, the percussive Martin Wickham. Does that mean I hit things a lot? It means that every, every word you say, every word you say hits the mark, Martin. It's the mark, there's a resonance. Ooh, yes. Oh, there's an echo, I, I yeah. see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. So, it's an, not an empty vessel making no noise. No, no. Oh. I, that's a huge compliment, Martin. That's the be- best he's done yet, actually, I have to say. I applaud him for that one. Uh, and last but by no means least, uh, we've got our, our debutant on the show, which is the absolutely lovely... Daniel Childs, who of course writes for Football London, and he has his remind me because it's what is it something about every other Saturday? Well, we've got every other Sunday, which is well, every other that's Sunday, kind of yeah. a, it's it's a well because there was a there was a Rangers podcast called Every Other Saturday, so we just went every other Sunday because we were like we don't want to be like taken to court for it. Uh, and but we've kind of me and Jay McIntosh our, our podcast, which you can listen to episodes of, but we've kind of put that on pause for now. Uh, other than that, I've got my YouTube channel, Son of Chelsea, where I put out pre- pretty regular content. Yeah, and you are, of course, at Son of Chelsea on Twitter. And Daniel is well worth a follow. He's He may be a young can, lad. Can but I say, what? Well, I was about to be nice about Daniel, and you butted in. I know, I was about to say as well, in a very old person's voice, slightly pissed old person's voice, that he's done very well. He's done very, so very, far. very well, hasn't he? Very, very well. Well, indeed. we've invited him back for part two. I mean, what more can you say? We don't, exactly. nor- we don't normally exactly. invite the journalists on for part we two. Don't. No? We don't. No? No, very, so I was about to say that. He must yeah. have been good because exactly. he's still here. Yes. He's still here. Well, it, yeah. we must be good because he's still here. I mean, a lot of, a lot of them would have pissed off by now. To be fair. So yeah. there you go. Um, yeah, anyway, well, I can't remember what I was going to say about Daniel, but believe me when I tell you, it would have been incredibly nice. If I remember what it was, I'll come up with it later. Sorry, I interrupted. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, anyway, yeah, we're delighted to have Daniel on board. It's been far too long in, in, uh, in getting him on the show. Right, now, there's a press conference today, of course, because there is, funnily enough, amazing, isn't it? You know, all this news about Chelsea, we're still playing football. We haven't been banned from playing football yet. Clearly the government have missed a trick. Um... So, uh, just to round up, Daniel, because like me, I'm sure you were very aware of what uh, Adam wrote and probably saw the press conference as I did. Um, but Hudson-Odoi is the only absentee, isn't it? I mean, obviously, we know we all know that Ben Chilwell's still injured, but uh, Hudson-Odoi's out with this back issue, but everybody else is fit. I thought it was interesting to hear what Tuchel said about... Uh, he, didn't like, he didn't look too pleased about it either, interestingly enough, but P- Pulisic played every minute pretty much of the match mm. uh, three matches for the USA 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 and uh he's pretty jet lagged apparently uh Silva mm. didn't play too much for Brazil so he's quite fresh and apparently Jorginho's not too depressed having been the man responsible for Italy not making it to the World Cup finals did I really say that or did I he imagine came, he, that I said that he came back a day early though Chich, he did he? he's keen and t- yeah Tuchel said he's all right he's well up he's back now he's back in the bosom of his Chelsea family he's raring to go so basically the the, the kind of under the line thing really Daniel is that Reese James is fit and raring to go happy days yeah yeah happy days I mean I, I was actually writing a piece that came out today about another stat uh that kind of puts Reese up there with uh Emma Smith Rowe and 
Phil Foden. I think he's been involved in, in he's only, it's incredible. He's actually only played 17 Premier League games so far this season, which is devastating when you think about how wonderful he's been this year. Uh, but in those 17 Premier League games, he's been involved in 11 goals, which kind of shows you how creatively he's, he's really wow. gone up to another level under Tuchel this year. He, he really has. And, uh, when he scored and assisted at Burnley, he's I think he's the only defender in Europe's top five leagues to have five plus goals and assists. So, you know, this is a guy who I think is turning into the player we all hoped we'd get when he when he broke through. Um and it, it's wonderful. I mean, I think that one of the great things about um I was going to say Eden Hazard then because I was going to make a comparison to Eden between uh, with with, with Reese James is that Reese makes things just look so easy. Um, it's for being such a young player, and and to be fair, he kind of symbolises a lot of the the Cobham grads we've seen come through in the sense that they look so prepared for this elite level of football. But it's when you think about Reese at the age of twenty still, um, and what he's producing, it's it's massive for Tuchel. It really is, and and I think his availability really is going to be definitive if, if we can keep him fit for the big games the the champions league and the fa cup I, our chances go up a lot if he's not there you know i'm not i'm not saying we couldn't do it but you know you, you kind of feel creatively that the stats just tell you that when reese is on the pitch uh, chelsea are creating good quality opportunities and sometimes reese is creating and scoring them himself but yeah. Dave has actually really, really stepped up, though, hasn't mm. he, as a consequence. When he's had to fill in for Reese, I think yeah. Dave's a, had a brilliant season because we'd all written him off as mm. being too slow. And I think even though he can't cross, he's never been a great crosser. But defensively, he's been absolutely out of this world. And in a sense, he's mm. been he's been stepping in instead of, of Reese because Reese that's yeah. Reese's position because Reese is, is absolutely mm. world class. Now, it was interesting. He mentioned Lukaku as well today, didn't he? He did, um, didn't he, JK? Yeah. And he said he's not got the, he, he hasn't, words to the effect, he hasn't got a big role to play, no. but he's playing the role <laughs> that he's got, which I thought was an enormous admission. Yeah, Wasn't man. It? Yeah. But he's still highly motivated, apparently, and a leader apparently. and a winner. Yeah. But, you were th- but I think he your shit is basically what he was saying. Yeah. yeah. It was, it, but he said he played very well against um, uh, the the last game. Who did he play? Uh, uh, Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough against Middlesbrough. Said he played very well, which Small he did well. He, did, he didn't play very well. He played better, but um, uh, it was as a an admission that he isn't really part of the plans. I thought that was that was really uh, revealing. Well, me. I mean. You know, Tuchel's honest as the day is long, I think. And I, I mean, I think he put it fairly diplomatically. I mean, if I'd have been there, it'd have been, well, I think Lukaku's a part of shit and I wish we'd never have bought him. But, you know, um, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't last very long as a manager, really. For every time I've had a position of leadership and responsibility <laughs> at any company. That's the kind of thing you have said. And yes. that's why I've never really lasted long with them. People can't uh, handle the truth, JK. They can't handle the truth, you know. Bastards. What's I know, the matter how with dare them? they? But uh, hey-ho. Um, uh, Martin, uh, I thought, I didn't know this at all, actually, because um, what kind of a journalist am I? A pretty useless one, really. But um, Aspie's contract has kind of automatically been extended to 2023 because apparently he was on this gig where he had to play a certain number of games and it would automatically renew. I didn't know that. Did you know that? No, it's news to me. Yeah. So um, all these... You're a pretty useless journalist as well, then. Well, that's why I'm not one. Well, that would be why. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's slightly <laughs> hilarious that a lot of papers are going, oh, Aspie could leave, Rudiger could leave Chris... If this was automatically triggered, they should have known that months ago. And I presume it was triggered before the sanctions kicked in. Um, 
would have been nice if that had been confirmed at the time, but hey-ho. Um, yeah, I mean, if we are going to be in a position where one, if not two, first-team defenders do leave on a free transfer at the end of the season, at least we've got um, Aspi and Thiago Silva locked in for next year. Obviously, they both want to be playing top-flight football with the World Cup coming up in November. Um but Martin, don't you have every confidence in Tuchel being the completely brilliant manager he is, that he will already have possibilities of uh, lined up as people that he knows can actually fulfil those roles? Uh, look, I, I, I have no doubt about that. My only reservation is if we are allowed to buy them in the summer, you. which, you know, I, I'm fairly yeah. sure that Jules Kunde link will re-emerge should we be able to um, in the summer. Um Presumably, it'll be a straight swap for Rudiger, um, and no doubt there will be there will be others which, which we do not know about. I'm can't think of any that come to mind because you know if we keep Reese James and Ben Chilwell fit for a season, that that covers the the flanks for certain. Um, and then it's what whatever happens at centre half. Don't know if Daniel's heard any other links or rumours of other players, but the only one I've heard for certain was Kunde from last summer. Kunde is, I'd say Kunde is, uh, well, again, I mean, it depends on on who stays around in Chelsea's hierarchy. Um, Marina, you know, has been involved in so many of, of these negotiations. And I mean, it, it all seems set that Kunde was going to become a Chelsea player this, like, last year. Um, but, you know, before the sanctions happened, which obviously was seismic, uh, it all seemed pretty much inevitable that Kunde would become a Chelsea player. At least that deal would, would there be a realistic chance of that happening because the player was kind of wanted it to happen last last summer it didn't um he kind of feels like a player that Chelsea have tracked for some time and it's it, it feels like it feels like a good one to do I mean if you're approaching if your mindset which has kind of been mine in recent weeks of kind of a transfer ban type feeling about this this summer like transfer ban 2.0 where you're looking at what you've actually got on your books and maintaining that whether that be loan players you're bringing back or the players like say an Azpilicueta um obviously Levi colwell has been out on loan with Huddersfield this year um and has been incredible I mean I got the chance to speak to some people who've been covering Huddersfield and they already think he's, you know, it's almost like a Fakayo Tomori type situation where, you know, best defender in the championship. This is a guy who's excelling above everyone else at a very young age um, on the left side of defence as well, which is a position where Tuchel doesn't have a lot of options. Um, you know, he's got Saar. He's got Saar. He has got Saar, but, you know, in, in the second half of this season, he's been using Saar as a left back rather than a centre back. So well, it's, I, it's, I was uh, being a bit... Um, he uh, might as I well have Saar's, mate. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw is a bit. Sorry, is a. I know we were joking about him earlier. Like Milan saw, it's it's interesting. We're coming up against Brentford because that obviously was his league debut yeah. um, at, at the start of the season, and uh, it, it's interesting. I, I think there's still a a nice story of Insar that the fact that Chelsea bought him for a free, and there's I think there's great value in Milan saw. In, in I love the fact also that he went up to Tuchel, didn't he, in the Porto game. Um, when he was a substitute, he could be seen at the end of the game going up and telling him who he was. Yeah. Um, uh, the season before, and I like I I I I thought that was you I, know I, I good for good good for him. Yeah, I can't, I can't. You know, listen, I secretly kind of like Malang Sar. You know, I know he makes a few rick. No, I'm actually we, okay. It's the error. It's one error. Well, a I was going to say I was going to call them rickets, but we, that has to now be a banned we word. That we ban that word. A banned word on the show. A fuck, yeah, he makes a, he makes you know he's got a few cock ups in him, but I have to say I like his I like his chunkiness and I like his attitude, 
I think he's he's you know he's up for the fight. And I, but Tuchel wouldn't wouldn't play him if no, he didn't. Exactly, enough. and I, I like that about a player. I like yeah. that about a player. He's got some attitude, and you know what? It kind of goes back to, and actually, this is kind of interesting in a, in a in a sense uh, in the context of what might happen if we get a Bowley takeover. Who, of course, are all very data driven, all the kind of the Billy Beans Moneyball kind of idea. Um, you know, I, I want my, my team and my, the people who manage my team, including the coach, to pick players, not just on the data, but, they you know, on their character and their personality. Because you mm. want people who, you know, I want people in my team who I would want to have in the trenches beside me. And I think Malang Sar is that kind of player. He might not be statistically the best player we've got, but he, he's going to fight and you need that. Otherwise, you get these data brilliant players who curl up and die at the first whiff of trouble. You don't want that. I think we've seen that with, you know, the recruitment of Edward Mendy, you know, not just a great goalkeeper, but a great character. Yep. Um, he's performed in big moments consistently for Chelsea. Thiago Silva, I mean, in terms of a character um, and an influence on, on his team. Um, ben Chilwell, you know, I, I think even though there's been some bit of recruitment that we've maybe been annoyed at in recent years, I think the club has got a little better, at least as as recruited players who I think who can deal with Chelsea and have upgraded what we have on the pitch ball. So you can quite clearly tell that they are good characters that could very much form the spine of a team that keeps winning. And I just want quickly on sorry, I think it's another example of Tuchel's brilliance that, you know, I think a player like Malang Sar would have never touched the first team under an Antonio Conte or Jose Mourinho. I don't think either of those managers, particularly Jose would have found a place for Sar. I think that, you know, because Jose very much operated on a sort of a very sh- small squad and he wouldn't really look beyond that. You know, he had these players and he was going to use them. And I think it's on Tuchel that when he has this problem on the left side of defence, when Chilwell goes down for the season, um, he looks at Sarr and sees an opportunity and sees an opportunity to use this player in interesting ways. And, and you know, he, he had some uh, two good performances against Spurs, which obviously meant a lot. And, I, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the summer. And as I say, we, do, we don't know what... the tr- the transfer situation is going to be for Chelsea. Hopefully we can keep one of the out of contract defenders. One thing I would just quickly say as a piece of, I know the contract extension for Dave is, is, is nice. And, and, and Tuchel said there's a high likelihood he stays, but it isn't quite certain. I'd say it, you know, there, there still is a chance that Azpilicueta could want to move on himself a bit like an Olivier Giroud type situation where he extended the contracts just after we won the Champions League, but Giroud still was sold for about 3 million. So a, a similar situation could happen again. Um, I think it all depends on Chelsea's ability to spend. I think if Chelsea can spend on a Jules Kunde, I think the likelihood of Aspilicueta leaving goes up. Yeah. Keeping the players we have, I think they probably, of course, it's a safe bet to keep him for another season. But if they can't spend because of sanctions, then they can't sell for the same reason. Yeah, exactly. So true. Well, that's, that's a good point, Martin. And it was, it was a question that was asked of Tuchel in the presser today. And I, I kind of liked his response as I mean, you know, I, you know, honestly, Tuchel could fart for 50 minutes in a press conference and I'd love everything he said. I, I mean, I absolutely adore the man. But I did think his response was perfect, you know, because he can't, he, you know, he's, he's the master of understanding that you cannot control what you cannot control, you know, but he, you can control what you can control. And he's doing exactly that. He's, and he put it in these terms is that we just have to focus on the now you know, right this minute. And that is games of football. You know, we're not even thinking about who we can transfer in and out because right now we can't do anything. When we are, when we do know that we can and we are able to, we'll focus on that then. And he actually kind of uh, alluded to the point that actually that might 
play to our advantage that if we're only focusing on on the now and each game as it comes you know we won't have those kind of distractions that maybe other teams will have and i think he makes a very valid point there and god love him for it uh martin um another thing that i thought sorry jake do you want to come in on that i just wonder are we presuming therefore that the sale won't have been made by, by the end of the season yeah, are we presuming it's not uh, that? Well, who knows? We don't. We don't know. Sell or buy? But we, we, you know, we don't know. I mean, we will not be able to buy and sell players until the sale has gone through, and that means it has to yeah. get through the government. Well, we've got yeah, to get through true. the bidding process, the government, who then have to give us another special license, and then the Premier League's fit and uh, proper owners test. But I yeah. suspect there'll still be some governmental incompetence and interference because remember, they, that you know, we will affect it if they give us a special license to sell the club. The club will still effectively be under license, won't it? Even if it's been sold. So there's got to have to be something. Nobody's talked about this, but something has got to happen there as well. So the government get their grubby mitts off this club and let it actually continue being a football club, right? So we shall see. Um, Martin, uh, a very pertinent question for you, I think. Um, Tuchel made a very interesting point, as again, I keep saying he always makes interesting points, but we're only going to have, I don't know, 25 to somewhere between 25 and 30,000 fans in the stadium, Chelsea fans in the stadium tomorrow. There's about 25,000 season ticket holders. So I'm not sure, maybe add another 3,000 for the corporates. I don't, I can never quite know what the, 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 you know, the split is, but let's say definitely under 30,000. Now for people like me, I'm going happy days. It's like the old days when we used to have less than 30,000 in there. Bring it on. I'm happy. But actually it's a serious point. We're, we're going to have a good 10,000 10, less supporters in there than usual. Um, and Tuchel was right, I think, when he said, you've got to get behind the team because we're going to need you tomorrow if there's going to be less of us in there. Do you think uh, Do you think it's going to happen? I think, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I, I must admit, I didn't think that, that would the first game where that would come in would be West Ham. I thought tickets had been sold prior to the sanctions for the Brentford game, but I could be wrong. What, for the members? Um, yeah, I thought they'd been sold to members, say, the t- like the week before or the. I don't. I don't of remember. I don't remember. Well, let, let me put it around another way. I think Brentford, before the government came in and said away fans could have tickets, because I know this because I got Brentford mates who are coming. They had their. They had their. Um, they had their allocation. Thank you. Sorry, I got distracted by a mix of the post. They had their allocation uh, f- reduced, but it's now. Well, it was reduced originally because they'd only sold the first tranche. Now yeah, they've yeah. been able to sell the second tranche. But Daryl, who knows everything, is on, who's on our Discord group, says, no, Chidge, members can still go. Tickets were sold before the sanctions. So there we go. So okay, it's going to so it, be so full. It kicks in for, yeah, so that would... But, you know, the question you're asking me will, will apply probably doubly so for the West Ham game because it's West Ham. West um, Ham. West Ham. Yeah. Fucking... Yeah, but... Well rescued. Well rescued. I very, I very <laughs> nearly called someone a Garrister. <laughs> <laughs> or, or a James or whatever you yeah, want to call them. Yeah. Um, it, the point he's making is true. Um, there won't be a visual... It won't be as visually obvious. That will be the West Ham game. But, yeah, when... when it inevitably comes through that it will only be season ticket holders in the bridge. Um, we will have to get behind the team. And hopefully, you know, it's been visually obvious. It'll be the first visually obvious in-game, you know, sanction <laughs> that, that there are sanctions in place. I, I think it will, there will be a, a sense of defiance and you might just hear fuck them all quite a lot. You, may, you never know, Martin. You might even get the Matthew Harding upper singing. 
No, yeah, you never know. I mean, I'm going to try tomorrow. I shall, I shall try and clear my throat and sing one or two ch- tunes. I think I'll, I'll hum a few in the you east. Sure, I mean that's a big, that's well, a big, yeah. big ask to hum a few in the east middle, mate. To be yeah, fair, yeah. you sure? Gonna... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure? See if I can get people around me too. Can, can you, can you hum, you know, a song other than you know, Blue Tomorrow? <laughs> I don't know. Anything. I know you know the words to that one. You see, so yeah, you know. yeah. No, I'll, I'll do. Um, uh, I'll see if I can get a spot going. Okay, I know you like that, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Because, by the way, Daniel, it's called Spot. Everybody calls it One Moment to Mo. It was originally called Spot. And originally, people used to sing um, One Moment to Mo, Sausage Roll, Old Mother Riley and Her Cow went to Moa Meadow, originally. But, you know, it got lost. I remember years back going, when I was, like, really young, I think I was, like, maybe 10 years old. I, I Do you remember the old Chelsea TV Friday night show with Neil Barnett? Yeah. Um, I remember phoning in, and I, I must have been as I say, under the age of 10. And I was like, I, I remember asking two questions and one of them was where that song originated from. Um, and I can't remember who it was on. It was because he used to have an, a, you had Neil Barnett and you had a legend, I think on, um, I think it may have been around, around the time Avram Grant was our manager. I can't quite remember, but uh, yeah, good old days. Indeed. Wasn't it a, a, a cassette tape on a pre-season well, tour. Well, that, that, was, that was where Celery came about in the, the, the Sweden tour. I think it was 82, wasn't it? But uh, Mickey Greenaway was there with a, with a cassette of old kind of show tunes and uh, Ask Old Brown for Tea is the, the derivation of Celery. Ask Old Brown for Tea. Ask Old Brown for Tea. If he don't come, I, like, obviously he wasn't, didn't have anything to do with Celery and I don't really know the words, but I do know it was Ask Old Brown for Tea. If, you, if, if any of you, I mean, I know you guys probably know this, but if anybody listening wants to know about the derivation of a lot of Chelsea songs, I can refer you to one of the best books ever written by my chums. Uh, certainly Mark Worrell Walter, and Walter Otten were involved with it, but uh, of course I can't remember the bloody uh, title of it now. Oh, I found it. Hang on, bear with me. Great radio, this. It hasn't... I, it I, hasn't got Nana Hey Hey Chelsea, though, for by Steam. There you go. Carefree is, is what it's called. Carefree Chelsea Chants and Terrace Culture by Mark Worrell Walter and Walter Otten. And it is it is brilliant because it basically goes into the history of every single song. I almost found the one man went to mow the... Don't, don't get me distracted because we'll just be reading this book. Oh, hello. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'll just read you this bit, JK, just to make you feel even more superior than you already are. All right. Okay. Mark says another cassette Mick had with him on the Sweden 80. And of course, I get it wrong, as I always do. Sweden 81 trip, not 82, was uh, 50 all time children's favourites by popular British musician and TV personality Wally Wally Whiten. Yeah. Uh, On the 12th of August 1981, for sheer novelty value, Greenaway uh, played the tape at a friendly game Chelsea played against IF Flens. Uh, and among the sing-along tunes was the classic counting nursery rhyme One Man Went to Moe, which was reprised numerous times during the course of the match. The end. So there you go. Well done. You all kind of knew that, and I didn't. Uh, now, talking of books by Mark Worrell, very good segue. Um, as you know, we did the big Stamford Bridge sleep out, uh, was it last weekend? Seems like about a year ago. But I froze it, it, it was, was like, it, yeah, well, I was, on the, I was on a bit of a pub walk in the day, and then I got home and saw all these videos of you uh, drinking whiskey and reading a book <laughs> you know what i had to stop i mean i did too many anyway because marco gave me far too many to do and i should have only done about five 
but I ended up doing about 10. And after the 10th one, I was far too pissed to read anymore because I'd drunk so much bloody whiskey. <laughs> Seriously. Didn't you have to speed read them because there's like a two-minute limit on video? Yeah, videos. I was doing it a bit. It was quite hard. I, I now have even more respect for JK and his fan bites, which are also brilliant. But uh, yeah, so we had the sleep out last weekend. And uh, it, it's still open, by the way. If you want to uh, chuck me, not me personally, but if you want to sponsor me you go to justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash david hyphen chidgy but if you want to sponsor anybody else who did it and there's about 30 odd people who did it maybe 40 odd people who did it it's justgiving.com forward slash campaign forward slash big stanford bridge sleep out 2022 but uh the other way you can support it is by buying this fantastic book we have marco on the other week to talk all about it and it's called tales from the shed uh and it's got lots of articles written by most of the i think you, you did you write one for it daniel yeah you did there you go yeah, Dan, Dan, daniel's in there jk's in there i'm in there and uh and i dare i dare say that I dare say this in daniel's presence good writers like john king and martin knight but i'm only joking it's got the great and the good in there and it's a brilliant book and it basically goes into our kind of our emotional attachment to Stamford bridge and chelsea really so it's well worth a read uh it's um it's nine quid at the stall so if you're at the if you're at the game tomorrow you can buy a copy for nine quid five quid of that will go to the uh the uh, big sleep out uh you know funding if you see what i mean which all goes to stole foundation you can also buy it on amazon uh so anywhere in the world you can buy this book and i commend you to do so it's brilliant um so there you go uh we're gonna have a quick break and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about our preview of the chelsea versus brentford game real fans real opinions I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast Friday Night Preview Show. I am Stanford Chidge, of course, and I'm joined as ever by Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Oop. And Mr. Martin Wickham. Evening. And the fantastic, still with us, by the way, no other journalist has been on and done this, so we need to give Daniel Childs a massive big up for having the cojones to do that. We've got the lovely Daniel Childs from Football.London, amongst other things. Great to be here. There you go. So uh, it's been great fun so far. I've really enjoyed this. Now, uh, the reason why we're all here really is to you know talk about this bloody game on Saturday, a three o'clock kickoff. Uh, to my shame, don't, don't hate me for this. Don't, I don't want any Twitter hate campaigns about this, but... This will be my if if well, providing I don't test positive for the Rona tonight. This will be my first game back at Stamford Bridge since bloody November, because for various reasons, mainly my clinically vulnerable wife, I have given it the big swerve, and then of course my father died, which you know meant I had to be around here. So lots of bad and mad shit's been going on to stop me going to the games. But uh, I am going tomorrow, as I said, if I don't test positive for the Rona. And it's a three o'clock. And I, I have to say, I'm so delighted that I'm going back to a game which has got a three o'clock kickoff, which is just perfect. And I'm also going to see some great mates in the pub at 12 and then go to the cock and meet some other. Ma- I mean, I'm, I, I feel like a kid at Christmas. I can't tell you how excited I am to be going back. Um, but before all of that and enough of me, um, of course, as always, JK, what do we start with when we talk about the match coming up? We start with the team well, selection we talk, we talk about the team selection we do jk with your little, with your little figures with my little You've map got your little figures got my little map with your the players map, on which i love i know i love shall i tell you shall i tell you what i've got shall i tell you what it is yet no we can't oh, do that we can't do that joke anymore can we no no you're not allowed to do that no 
No. Uh, 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 uh. Okay, right. Shall I tell you? Shall I just get on with it and move on you quickly? Can't go, so you can't people... go. Uh, uh, no, none you can't of that. Do that one either. Uh, no, actually. that's right. And no, 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 uh, no, no uh, you know. Well, and you can't even use Gary Glitter as rhyming slang anymore, which is a bit sad. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying. Uh, uh, anyway, that's a real shame. I, would like I think it's a real shitter, yeah. to be honest. But there you go. Anyway, uh, we've got we've got in goal. I mean, you, anybody who's followed this show for the last kind of month or two will not be surprised that I've uh, my lack of originality in my team selection. To be honest, I've got Mendy in goal, Rudiger, uh, Silva, and Aspilicueta as a three at the back. Uh, I've got Alonso because he would have had enough rest to hopefully not be too tired. Uh, Jorginho because apparently he's cooking on gas at the moment in training, and Conte because he's incomparable. And of course, the wonderful Reese James back as the uh, the right uh, wing back in the four. Uh, Mount on the right uh, behind Havertz and Ziyech on the left. I mean, actually, it could be the other way around. It quite often is. But uh, Ziyech over Pulisic because I think Pulisic is knackered and jet lagged. So we know Hudson-Odoi is uh, not fit. We know uh, that Werner is useless and we know that so is Lukaku. So I think it's pretty self-explanatory JK. Um I, I agree with your selection. Apart from Jorginho, I think you'll play Kovacic because I think he thinks they're the ideal combination at the moment. I would be um, a fan of that idea. Yeah. And, um, oh, I would play it against Real Madrid rather than Brentford. Uh, yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah. Yeah, we wonder he's going to keep back. I think Pulisic will figure uh, against Real Madrid because scoring a hat-trick in one of the games is really top banana. Um but yeah, uh, um, I agree completely for the rest, actually, um, mm. which is rare for me. It is. Rare, isn't it, normally? Because normally I... When, when Having said that, he does come up with the odd, as the Americans say, curveball, does he not? Um, so I'm trying to think what... That's, would, that's, that's quite what, appropriate if we're going to get the owners of a baseball team coming in. Indeed, it would be, absolutely. So where who would be on the plate then? Um, who would we have at first base? Well, um, who's on first? <laughs> indeed. Yeah. No, no. Uh, I, 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 if James, he, he said was playing. He said he was fitting up for it, so he'll be there. Um, uh, and Christensen, what did he, he said? He wasn't sure about Christensen. Did he say in the press? What did he say about Christensen? No, he said he was fit. Yeah. Everybody trained, but I, 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 I'm not. I just, I, you know, okay. I, I think our best three at the back is Rudiger, Silver, and Christensen. But I, 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 you know, you know, you always say this to me every time I do my team selection. You said, yeah, but Chidge, he doesn't put people back in who've just been injured unless they're really, 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 Indeed. really important. Indeed, indeed. But was Christensen injured before then? Yeah, I can't it was. Remember. So long ago. He, he broke a toenail a couple of weeks ago course, or something. Yeah, of course he did. But I wonder, you remember, he because he, he knew he was leaving before he didn't play him. Now it's pretty certain that he's leaving. Um, perhaps he'll just phase him out. Yeah. I don't think so. I so think that's, that's, there's, no, there's no point doing that. You right. might as well use him while he's there. No, absolutely. I agree. No, I, I, I gave myself that. Um, I, I corrected myself. I mean, will Thiago Silva... Yeah, no, I think he said Silva was fine because he hadn't played. Didn't yeah, he? yeah, he's, he's yeah, he, right. he, he didn't. He didn't play the Brazil's last game, which was a dead rubber game. But he was still on the bench and, if needed, and they still had to travel back. And you know, I, I mean, I think he keeps playing him though because he 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 fools us all, doesn't he? Because we earlier on, I mean, when he first came to the club, we were talking about well, he'll probably you might think Frank, he'll probably only play him, you know, half the season. And he's just revealed himself as being this immaculately fit. Um, well, he's he's a, he's a machine, isn't he? Role. He's an absolute. He's yeah, a Rolls yeah. Royce of a player. Daniel, the only um, thing to screw up my other otherwise genius like team selection 
Uh, it's great to, when you you can write this in the morning, and then by the time we get on the show, I completely change my mind. Of course, nothing like a contrarian. But uh, there is one thing on my mind which you might bring some sense and intelligence to, which is of course Tuchel may have one eye on Real Madrid on Wednesday, and JK's kind of alluded to that. I mean, we, do you think that that might actually affect his team selection for tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, we are getting into a very very intense period. Uh, you know, you you have the Brentford game. Madrid, uh, Southampton, Madrid again, and then Crystal Palace, you know, kind of like, particularly the two Champions League games and the FA Cup game where you suspect Tuchel, those three games in particular, he's going to really focus on um, because they're, they're so huge, you know, in terms of silverware. But I I, I still think he'll play silver. I, I, you know, if I was planning the week in a perfect world, I'd say silver plays tomorrow and then he plays against uh, Madrid and then you rest him for Southampton because um, you can maybe bring Christensen back for... Southampton, for instance, you know, he, he's got options and, and it's something that he really, you know, he struggled to have at times as a fully fit squad. We've rarely had that this season, unfortunately. Um, so I, I think he'll use a bit like this time last year, you know, the amount of competitions we're in. Um, I think he'll use the squad wisely. The, the only thing I would say about that formation is he didn't start with it against Brentford the last time he played them in the league. Um, and he was asked about this earlier in terms of the, the trouble that Brentford gave us back in October, that last 20 minutes when Mendy um, had to pull off a, a series of wonderful saves. How he won that game, I'll never know. Um, it, was, it was incredible. It was like Barcelona 2012 in those last 20 minutes against Brentford. And he played a midfield three that night of Kovacic, Kante and Ruben Loftus-Cheek for a majority of that game. And Cheek, it really Cheek wasn't at his best in that game. Mm. And well, the thing was, I'd say is it, tactically I think that very much limited Brentford and then I, I think Mount came off the bench and that's when the game kind of turned and Chelsea were really defending different time of the season you know Brentford are a different team to what they were back then I think there was a there was a lot of energy and you know optimism around Brentford and they, they just there was a fearlessness about them as you see with a lot of promoted sides um, I think that night we had Saar, Chalibur and Christensen as a back three, which Tuchel hasn't done since. You know, it was a very unique back three. So you're going to see a lot more experience. It's a great game, though, game. Chalibur, in that game. A very good game, yeah. though. I would say Chalibur. I mean, I, I think that potentially I would maybe have Chalibur over Dave in this back three, um, simply for height. I think because it's going to be, a, as Tuchel mentioned earlier, Brentford are a direct team. And I think it's going to be up to be about stifling that. And and Dave is, we we take Dave as kind of this rugged player who just plays every single game. And you know he's kind of one of these players because he barely gets injured. We never kind of think, oh, does he need a rest? He's just one of these guys that goes on and on and on. And I, I just wonder, in in this case, I'd be maybe resting Dave for midweek because I'm kind of already thinking to myself against Madrid. I would not be shocked if Dave starts on the left side of the fence or as a wing back instead of Alonso. Uh, that's my early shout. I, that's I your curveball right there, Daniel. That's my that's a, is, is that a curveball or a change-up? Is that a curveball or a change-up? Did he change play for up? Spain this week, though? A he did. He, yeah. I, he, he played uh, against... He at least he came off late. He came on late against Albania, uh, which was a good game. I'll go and rewatch to, to, to go and see uh, Mando Broja played well in that game. So he, he, did, he isn't really a main starter for them. He didn't have a taxing international period like some other players did, like Pulisic. So... Listen, Dave is Dave. We we know we can trust him, but I I just I just wonder height wise in this game yeah. to call a bit like last season when we started to come up against direct teams. He favoured a back three of Rudiger, Silver, and Christensen 
because of that to kind of counteract the likes of West Ham. The likes he, of he hasn't played Dave on the left, which of course was his his mm. favoured position under uh, yeah. Mourinho. Yeah. He hasn't played him mm. as he. I've not. I've yet to see him play Dave on the left hand side. So not there once. Yeah. It would be it would clouded. it would be a curveball if he did that. I mean, I can see mm. Chiloba coming in instead of Dave for the three for the reason that Dan that Daniel uh, states. He, here's the thing, Martin. Um, talking about Brentford's form, they are not the team they were when we last played them. Which I'm not trying to downplay what Daniel said, but I don't think they posed quite the same threat as they did at that time. Here's a stat. You know me. I love stats. Really, honestly, I do. But this is a cracker. Um, basically, Brentford are averaging point. Uh, 4-2 points per game against sides beginning the day in the top half. They've won one, drawn two and lost nine. And in comparison, they've got 1.29 against bottom half opponents. And that's borne out by uh, their last five matches where they've lost to Leicester 2-1 in the most recent match. Uh, They beat Burnley 2-0. They beat Norwich 3-1 away. And they uh, lost, although interestingly enough, this doesn't tally with that, but they lost uh, 2-0 to uh, Newcastle at home. So they shouldn't really present the same kind of trouble that they were presenting a lot of teams before Christmas. And as I said, my theory is that they've been found out like promoted sides always are by the turn of the year. The other thing, of course, and this is a lovely thing really for anybody who's got a little bit of heart, no pun intended. Just realised this shocking thing that I've just said there was not meant, but it wasn't meant like that. So Christian Eriksen is, 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 is playing for Brentford, which I think is an absolutely glorious thing, Martin. Yes. uh, Well, I, I mean, I, can speak myself um raise your hand if if you watched that Denmark game where he collapsed and mm. to see him where he is now he scored twice in the international break as well is almost unbelievable i'm just waiting for you know chelsea to do their traditional enemies of football thing and one of our players to absolutely go through him Two in the footed. first 10 minutes i don't remember who it was but i can't i can't it might have been leeds that they were, they were playing but somebody did exactly it was that brandon williams and he was basically fell on him and was about to smash him and then realized who it was and then go oh shit it's you and like cuddled him and picked him up which i yeah. thought was hilarious really yeah and if you appreciate with Nell and i i posted uh, a picture of that that weekend with I have a heart condition if you hit me it's murder I <laughs> <laughs> love it I, I, there's so many quotable things what was it even the wankers on the street don't uh, don't drink it's worse than meth it's worse than <laughs> meth <laughs> there's there is matter in the yeah. kitchen yeah. Uh, we've gone on holiday by mistake <laughs> I, 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 do you know what I haven't seen that film for donkeys I really I really must apparently Dr. Mart if anybody remembers Dr. Mart who used to to perform shall we say what has now become known, really, is the J.K. role on the uh, the Chelsea fan cast. Uh, not the, the not the Doctor Mart role. It's now the J.K. And, role. And weirdly, we were at school together. And weirdly, you were at school together. So that's clearly where you you learn how to do it. But Doctor Mart actually knew uh, Bruce Robertson very very well. I think it was him. Somebody, it's either the bloke who wrote the original uh, story or, or was involved with the film. I've met him at several of Mart's parties. It's hilarious talking to him. Anyway, we massively digress. Um, <laughs> As always, Can on I this just say show. briefly, what? briefly what? The, the Carabao Cup game I thought was more indicative of the way that Brentford have been, uh, have, have evolved into this season, which was a really um, speedy couple of fullbacks, and we dealt with it immensely well because that was the time when we played so many um, reserves, and uh, um, and that's when Saar, in fact, played out of his skin as well as did um, uh, um, Saul. Uh, and it was kind of Sal's renaissance, uh, and he's not been he's not been bad. He's been forced to play 
completely out of position playing wing back. He's done a good but, job uh, there, to be fair. Uh, he's done all right, but he was he was really top banana in the in midfield in that game, and that's where the um, if score Saul scores, we're on the pitch. Chant came from because he was playing so well at the time, and uh, when he did score, <laughs> when did he score at um, at Luton? Everybody, everybody was actually twitching to get on the pitch. You could see them because they started seeing that again. But um, it, yeah, we we haven't mentioned him at all. You wonder whether um, perhaps he might play instead of Alonso. Indeed, he may be. He may be the curveball, J.K. Who who knows? Who can say? Hey, um, hey, look, what, hey, hey, what, what, what? I mean, yeah, that's why I just thought I'd mention that because we hadn't mentioned that. No, no, good point. I mean, one thing I would be worried about, Daniel, as, as always, is you know. Some of the top teams, obviously we're a top team, they can they can be a bit shonky on coming back from an international break because they've had so many of their players out and about. We don't quite know what the impact mm. of that will be until we see them on the pitch at three o'clock. Are you a little bit worried about that, about being caught a bit cold maybe? Well, when I think back to 12 months ago, this exact weekend was the, the West Brom. Oh, don't mention it. Yeah. Don't mention it. Well, we might as well go in overconfident about it. You know, that's that's the, the worst thing I can say. But I think this Chelsea team, touch wood, you know, I think I think this season has, has dealt with post-international games pretty well. Um, I'm trying to think back. I think Brentford, funny enough, the way the fixture list has worked out is Brentford, has, has, both games against Brentford this season have come um, after international breaks. Um, the Leicester game, uh, the King Power, that was one of our best performances of the season. So, you know, it, it's... I think Tuchel's such a, a shrewd operator, and I, I think the way he's able to decipher w- what players need to play, what we need in a particular game, and, and just the style of football I think we've been playing in recent weeks has been really exciting. You know, I think there was a period over winter when we were really frustrating to watch and, and just not enjoyable. Yeah, and, but and I think, I think, I think to, come on, there's mitigating circumstances. Yeah, there, there is. And I, I, yeah, absolutely. But I, I do think there were some games within there where I was kind of thinking to myself like that. I think the Palace game was kind of a, a really frustrating one. But to, to be fair to the team, I think in such difficult circumstances, it, they've seemed to have raised I had nothing to do with that. I haven't cut him off there. His, his Wi-Fi's gone shonky. Go. And I also think there's a lot of players within, they've got, did I just cut out for a sec? You did. It's all right. I was being you nice. Did, apologies. 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 He, he covered by saying how good you were. Don't worry. He covered <laughs> apologies. Yeah. Can, no, I just I say, can I just say, can I just say, can I just say the reason we didn't play very well, but because he was trying to make Lukaku work. For me, True. that was entirely the reason why we weren't playing as well as we were. He was trying to fit him in the mm. round, round square peg in the round hole. Now that he's given up with that, that's why we've been playing better because he's he's gone back to what we were best. Well, at. like like For we me, like like we did when, like yeah. we like we did when uh, Lukaku was injured. Of course, exactly the same thing. Mm. We suddenly started Indeed, playing. Really well. Well. Anyway, sorry, exactly. Daniel. We exactly. we both we both interrupted sorry, you now. So we, yeah. we sorry, both apologise. No, what I was going to say was I think that the exciting thing about the the end of the season is we have we suddenly have a few attackers coming into form. You know, Mason is looking good. Pulisic has, has found I think his eye for a goal again, and and Ziyech, I think is, in my personal opinion, just behind Thiago Silva for player best Chelsea player so far in 2022. I, I think that he's been when he's been on the pitch, I think he's been really influential. So, you know, even leaving Pulisic out, I'd be quite excited to see Ziyech play tomorrow. So. 
yeah, I think there's there's a lot to be optimistic about. And and what would it be? Seven wins in a row now in all competitions. It, Six. It in the will. It will be Daniel. I was about to to do what I always do, which is guaranteed to hex the result completely. I always manage to pull out one stat, which when I read it on the show, the others are going, "No, don't say that, Chidge." So this is it. You're right. And another win, uh, the seventh win, as you rightly said, will equal Chelsea's longest run of consecutive Premier League wins. Oh no, actually we were wrong. It's that. If they win this one, it will equal their longest run of consecutive Premier League wins, six, since 2019, while further strengthening uh, our almost unassailable foothold within the top four. So, hmm. Don't say that, Chidge. Yeah, I know, but we've got to do it, man, because they're in black and white. Uh, the bottom line is is that, you know, we, we should we should win this match. I mean, I'm worried about the international break impact, and I'm worried about him having one eye on Real Madrid, which might lead to a bit of a weird team selection. But the reality is, JK, you know, Brentford are in, what, their 15th, actually, which is better than I thought they would be. I mean, they're, they're in no... I mean, it looks like they've managed to, to avoid being dragged into the relegation scrap. So they, they may well be on the beach already. So this is a team we should beat on, on, you know, nine times out of ten, mate. I think your negativity, you're applying almost a negativity from three seasons ago or even two seasons ago because this is, happens less no, and I less. No, I didn't. I just said this is a team we should beat nine times out of ten and I fully expect them to do that. Yeah, but when you said when you said with the stat, we know let's not let's not go down that. This that is just that every time I read that stat, some, some bad shit follows and you, t- you tend to remind no, me about this. No, that used to be the case. I don't think this is the case with Tuchel as much at all. I don't mm. think, I think we tend to do what we should do against sides who are much lower and much less skilled and much uh, who aren't managed as well. So I, I similarly like you think this, it, we, we will, we will win easily. Mm. So how, well, we're we'll talking, I mean, that's obviously how you see, see it going. Stick your neck out. What's the score going to be? It's three nil. Three nil to the mighty Chelsea. Yes. Aye. 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 Okay. Fair enough. Martin, how do you see it going and what's your prediction? Um, right. Well, Brentford are eight points off the relegation zone at the moment, so they're reasonably well clear. And judging by the stat you point you brought up earlier, with um, you know zero point four two against the top half versus you know one point three in the bottom half, they're you know obviously a, a data driven operation. Not Brentford, they probably are been selective on you know they know they they can back themselves to pick up three points against certain teams. Um, that in mind. The one difference they have is Ericsson, a genuinely world-class player, but he's only one player. We need, we do need to be on our guard. We need to make sure that we keep both Ericsson, Ivan, Tony relatively quiet, but we should be able to win, win comfortably. And if he wants to make any changes with Madrid in mind, get the game won early. That's the key thing. If we're, you know, an hour in and it's still goalless, then that's when it starts getting a little bit a little bit hairy. You're going to love this stat, Martin. This stat was written for you in this moment, all right? Why does it involve beer or something? No, no. It says, okay. no Premier League side has conceded more away league goals in the opening 15 minutes of play than Brentford's five. Bollocks. That's a goal as it is, then. No, it could be, it could be true, Martin. It, it could, could be, be. It could be, but Daniel brought it up as well. That, you know, almost a year to the day since that ridiculous game against West Brom when we all thought, oh, we just need to turn up. Oh, Ho- hopefully, you know, hopefully the players do not think like that anymore. I, you know, with the results we've had um, over the last couple of months, it certainly seems that way. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm fairly confident. I think we can, 
get if we get the job done early, that would be preferable. And I think we'll, we will get a 2-0 win. Mm. Daniel, how about you? How do you see it going? What's your prediction? I'll go I'll go 3-0. I, I think that it's, uh, you know, I have confidence in the team at the moment. I, I think they they look a lot more creative. Having reason the team is, I think, big, you know, in terms, of, in terms of that aspect, even if it does take a little bit longer to break down Brentford. I think we saw against Burnley, once this team kind of clicks into gear, as they have been, I think there's there's chance for a few goals. And and listen, I, I think that there should be. I really don't want the Premier League like last season to become a bit of an afterthought. I think that there still is work to be done in the Premier League, and what I'd like for this season, particularly because we can't win the league, is to have that gap uh, between oh. like uh, like far from sort of any sort of Champions League last day nonsense again, because we've had that for far too long, and it would really help to because if we progress past Real Madrid it will help Tuchel in those last few weeks of the season when those league games aren't as, aren't as important we've got third wrapped up um, and I think we can pretty much do that if we win our next two league games and, and hopefully that starts tomorrow so 3-0 I'm going to back Kai again to score a goal because he's in the best form of his Chelsea career uh, Ziyech to score and let's go for a, a Tony Rudiger header as well because uh, I think we've been we've been doing another set piece goal mm, Okay JK well, how many games have we got left? Well, I'm going to tell you that. You're reading my mind, aren't you, mate? Because I wrote this down. Because I, I don't normally do this kind of shit. But I wrote it down just for this very moment. Uh, we've got, uh, obviously, Brentford tomorrow. Then Southampton away. Leeds away. Well, Leeds away is postponed. So we don't know when that's happening. Because that's on when we're playing Palace in the semi-final of the FA Cup. Then we've got Arsenal at home. West Ham at home. Everton away. Wolves at home. United away. Watford at home. So... I mean, I would... and and Leicester at home as well, and Leicester, yeah, yeah very, yeah, that and is very Leicester. arranged. The only point I was going to make was that that the, the way things are going recently, if we can keep this going, and we just keep picking the the opponents off, um, I think we'll start putting pressure on Liverpool and Man City. We're only seven points behind. Are we really? And yeah, we're, we're, 10, we, 10, we're ten behind. If, ten behind Liverpool. Yeah, we're behind them. Win the game in hand win the game in hand. All right, we're still 10 behind them, but still they've got to play each other. Um, uh, all it needs is for them to, to take their foot off the gas in some way for whatever reason. And, uh, you know, it has happened before. Well, I know I'm being unbelievably optimistic. Well, uh, yeah, but you're not. But, uh, you're not, you're not uh, being unbelievably. By no means. That number of games left it is by no means, as the French say, a fait accompli. I agree with you because I, th- I would also add, JK, that every single one of those games is winnable. There's not a game yeah. on there that I think, oh, fuck, that might be a bit tricky. Even West Ham at home. Absolutely. Because I think, that, I think the side will be massively motivated to wallop West Ham at home, given what happened. No, and as Daniel said, they're all coming into form. Yeah. And I, I, I honestly think we could steamroller the rest of the season, you know, and then yeah. even get to the Champions League final again. Yeah, well, we should see. I'm, 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 you know, you know, you know, me, you know me when I get my positive hat on. When your dander is up, mate, we all know that. We all know that, hey, right? Hey. Uh, I, my dander is up. I, as I said, you know, Rona permitting, I, I'm going to be at the first Chelsea match I've been able to go to for far too bloody long. I've got a whole line of mates that I've lined up to see. I'm Russ Saunders from uh, Melbourne uh, supporters in, uh, you know, Melbourne Chelsea supporters. Psycho Phil and Smithy. It's my first, uh, my first uh, meeting uh, at twelve o'clock in the Duke of Edinburgh. Uh, and the stall, obviously. And Walter Otten is is also at a game for the first time in ages. I'm looking forward to seeing Walt. Plus, uh, I think Joe Hines is going to be, or maybe he's going to be there on Wednesday. I don't know. But there's lots of people that I cannot wait to see tomorrow. 
uh, and uh, have a drink with. And I cannot wait. And I hope everybody who else is going is going to have a similarly fun day, topped off by. Of course, I haven't done my prediction, have I? I mean, as I said, I think I think we're going to win. I, I think we're a much better team than Brentford if we turn up, get at it, as, as Martin was saying, score an early goal. Um, I think two or three nil. But I'm gonna I'm gonna as always err on the side of caution. I'm gonna go uh, with Martin and say two nil. Whereas J.K. and Daniel have both gone for three nil. But either way, I think we're going to win, and I hope we do. Uh, right, that's pretty much all all for us. But before we go, I, I, I must get this quick plug in for the CPA, the Chelsea pitch owners. Uh, a very, 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 very important time to buy a Chelsea pitch owner's share at the moment because if you do, it means that you'll have a share of the freehold of the stadium and that will protect it from being sold to a property developer or if uh, the Ricketts get in, Tom Ricketts deciding to go and buy in a car or, or relocate to a car park in Milton Keynes or something. So you must buy a share because it will stop that from happening. Uh, the price is, but it's basically 110 quid for an electronic share. That's the cheapest entry point. You can pay more if you want it framed and if you want it signed and all that kind of razzmatazz but uh, go and do it you will not regret this uh if you if you want to go to the chelsea website chelseafc.com and just search for chelsea pitch owners and it will tell you what to do and how to buy one and, and similarly you know join the supporters trust i mean i know that there's as ever with chelsea old lags like me and uh, jonathan can, in, in particular can tell you that chelsea has always been a club supported by a massive it's been fractious from the moment it was born so what's happening around now is nothing new even with the advent of of social media um but and on you can bet you, if the rickets get in and anything is implemented on a par with united we will not be like united and be passive about burn it. the place down mate enormous enormous demonstrations oh yeah enormous. yeah it will it will uh but let's hope it doesn't get to that but uh Look, you know, I didn't go into too much of this because it's perhaps not the right time to do so, but the trust is working very, very hard. Actually, do you know what I can do? I can do better than all of that. If you want to know what, why the trust is doing what the trust is doing, there's a lovely chap on Twitter called... Uh, uh, he's, he's called Grumpy. I'm just trying to find his um, his, his Twitter uh, handle. Grumpy Nick. It is Grumpy Nick. I can't remember. Yeah, that, that was that was a fantastic thread. It is. Let me just yeah. His it, 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 follow him at at Grumpy Nick, and the I in Nick is a one. That's what I needed to check. Uh, and I retweeted this earlier, but Nick wrote a beautiful thread on Twitter, which explains why. I mean, he's not on the trust board or anything like that. He's just a, a he's probably a member of the trust, I think, but uh, just a Chelsea supporter. I mean, he's a, he's a really good guy. He's been around forever. He used to be the editor of Blue Tinted, which is a brilliant website before people, you know, Johnny come lately. He's like me and Daniel got involved with all the stuff that we do. Nick was around back way back when. Um Anyway, he, he tweeted out a brilliant thread about why the trust is doing what the trust is doing. He, I couldn't have put it better myself. In fact, he put it far better than I could have put it, and that's saying something. Go and read that thread. I retweeted it earlier, and that will explain why we have to do what we do in the way that we do it, Martin. Exactly. I mean, when you some of the discussions you've had, I you know I'm on the outside of it as well, and you have to maintain confidentiality because that's the condition of you know getting the room with them. So yeah, it was good way of explaining it and yeah um it's not like you haven't been sitting on your hands and this con- this conception that you've been bought off or you're not doing anything well that's it's actually slanderous it's, it's complete and utter rubbish it's slanderous. I know, and i know that you know, yes it's slanderous and I, I can't tell you on air how i feel about that I've just done you, the, you've just you've just um, for those watching in black and white, <laughs> yeah, for those watching in black and white you know what i mean um indeed i mean the thing is that we have to act and act and behave as adults 
and, and because of the position that we're in. And I think I'll leave it at that. Uh, but there you go. So go and join the Supporters Trust because actually the more people that join it, and let's be I'll be very frank with you here, we are the biggest supporters and representative supporters organisation at Chelsea by many, many thousands, not hundreds or tens. That's not the difference. We're talking thousands here. So we're the most representative body. It is democratic. It's one member, one vote. So you get to have a genuine influence and say in what we do. We don't just make it up as we're going along and decide that's what we want to do. So we go and do it. It's all it's a member driven organization. So if you want to have a say, if you want to change things, even if it's what something that the board might not necessarily agree with, if you if you all say this is what we want to do, that's what we are constituted to do. So go and join. If you want to have a say, if you want to make an impact on what's going on at the, at the club you love, part with five quid a year that's all we're talking about that's less than a pint in the cock all right for a whole year and you get to vote in the elections you can if you don't like what we do you can vote us out stand for election yourself go and stand to be on the board vote us out get on and then you can do what you want you know but i i commend you to do it five quid a year go to chelseasupporterstrust.com and join up sermon over thank god for that you all say and i don't blame you right now me and jk will be back on monday uh, of course, for the main Chelsea Fancast show with the lovely Marco Worrell whoop, 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 and uh, the even lovelier Alexandra Churchill. So that'll be an interesting mashup. Uh, seven o'clock, of course, at the usual time, we'll be looking back at uh, the match against Brentford and ahead, of course, to the Champions League tie against Real Madrid. So there you go. Uh, Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. I mean, what an absolute delight it has been to have you on here talking more sense in, in an hour and a half than me and JK have managed to put together in about three years, I'd say. Thank you for having me on. It's yeah, as I say, it's been a little bit surreal because obviously I've been a long time listener, and uh, yeah, it's it's a pleasure to be to be on. And uh, hopefully we get the win tomorrow. Hopefully in a in a month's time, everything will be a little bit calmer because it has been. I don't think we're 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 made to process the amount of information we have over the past month. To be honest, it's been a bit ridiculous. But uh, yeah, great conversation, and, and I echo everything you've just said about the trust. I mean, I've been a, an affiliate member since since early twenty twenty, and. Um, yeah, it's it's I think the work you guys and you know and, and I think as as a fan watching on and obviously writing about it, it's it's been incredible. And I think the golden share is such a wonderful idea to protect what Chelsea is. You know, as personally I'm very fortunate that Chelsea are my local club and you know, protecting Stanford Bridge is is so vital. So as I as you know, at any time I can share the Chelsea Supporters Trust membership page, I will on my Twitter account and on my YouTube channel as well, because it's it's so vital at this point that people have a voice and they and they get involved and actually be part of action rather than just talking. Yeah, absolutely. It's lovely. Words. The statement the statements have been fantastic. Yeah. Thanks, JK. But I, I I have to confess, because I'm very, very busy in my day job these days, it's it's not it's hard for me to to you know be doing a lot of the work that i used to do on there but it doesn't matter because there are brilliant even more brilliant people than me on there people like paul and uh, uh the other paul and uh, dom particularly have just been absolutely stupendous with their work on the statements there's a lot of very clever very motivated very sacrifice self-sacrificing people on that board which is why i get very in- well shall i just say angrily fucked off with accusations that they're being paid off or bought or they're doing it because they want want a seat on the board and just to be you know to go go across over to the dark side as it were because it's slanderous and completely untrue okay and it's rumors that are perpetuated by fuckwits who have no idea what they're talking about uh but there you go uh daniel 
it really has been a pleasure having you on the show. I hope we get you know, get to have you back on again. It's been a real delight. And I'm, I apologise for not having you ha- had you on sooner, but I know you know the rules. So all I will say yeah. to you is next time, you, you know, if you're going to the match, whenever you're going to the match, come and find me and we'll have a beer. And then I can invite yeah, you on absolutely. whenever I like. I don't have to do it under the subterfuge of, well, I have to have a journalist on a Friday. So there mm-hmm. you go, because it's been a real pleasure tonight for us. And I thank you for that. Mr. Wickham, as always, we've had we've seen a lot of you recently, and I think this is brilliant. I suppose it kind of makes up for the fact we didn't see you for ages. So uh, it's been brilliant. Great to have you on, as always, mate. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, like I said, I did owe you a few shows for being you did. On, a, on a sick bed for nearly three months. So hopefully I've made that up and hopefully see you tomorrow. You will indeed. And I can't wait for that, mate. We'll, we'll have a beer and I'll, I'll buy you a Coca-Cola uh, or something. Yeah, it'll, be, it'll, be, it'll either be one of those... 0% drinks I had last yeah, week. Which, which, what, what amused me was it was marketed as a isotonic drink. I think that's right. LucasAid Sport. What the fuck are you talking know, about? <laughs> very, very strange. Martin, but... do not worry. I, I had to go to Stamford Bridge, you know, every week for about nine months when my liver nearly went bang. And I, and Martin, Martin, the other Martin, Dr. Mart, used to, you know, ha- having made a thing of trying to buy me as much pints of Stella as he could because we would win by the amount of pints I sank before. There's the famous 6-0 City story. Um, but, uh, you know... I, is, that, I, is, that, is that why your liver went bang? You no, felt guilty? <laughs> no, it was about 20 years of, 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 ah. of abusive behaviour in the film and TV industry. But um, No, but Martin bought me six pints of Stella and I got very leery and, sit, and we beat City 6-0. So he decided that actually if I... However many pints of Stella he, he bought me and I managed to sink before the match, we would win by that amount. It never happened again, <laughs> but it didn't stop him trying. I, I was about to say, if that was during the double winning season, you could have been in serious trouble. <laughs> Thankfully it wasn't. But um, yeah, so uh, I, I, mean, I had to drink water for nine months of the football and I still had a great time and it was great, yeah. you know, and that's... It, it, it's, it's the people you're with, exactly really, isn't that. it? We're just, we're just joking about I know. that. It's exactly that. So I, I shall delight in seeing you with or without a beer tomorrow. And as <laughs> and as for you, Mr. Kidd... I'm a reprobate, You are, I? you are, but I love you anyway. Are we going to have a fan bite after tomorrow's game? Oh, yes. Yeah, good. I look forward to that. Uh, brilliant to see you as always, mate, and uh, I, I'll see you again on Monday, obviously. I'm going to leave you lot with this, actually, which is a thing I put up on, on my Twitter feed, but I think everybody who, who listens to this show needs to... to hear this and it's really regarding whoever bids for the club whether it's the you know who wins it whether it's the Ricketts or Bowley or whoever but if any of the bidders want to be genuine custodians of the club which is what they're really supposed to be then they should have absolutely no issue with implementing everything that the Chelsea Supporters Trust has been recommending not demanding not pleading recommending all right and if they don't wish to implement them then you've really got to question what their real motives are for buying the club it really boils down to that, and it is that simple. And I shall leave you with that thought, uh, apart from saying thank you very much, as always, for listening. We'll see you next week. Until then, keep it blue and keep it carefree and keep it Chelsea. Up the Chelsea! Up the Chelsea! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.